everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-blown LS-powered two-buggies on stickies. This is the Total Off-Road Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Derek, and this is episode 169. Nice. Nice. Who doesn't love episode 169? It's almost as good as episode 69, except one better. It's one better. Yeah, not a hundred better, one better. <laughs> yeah, it's not a hundred better. It's definitely not a hundred better. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it actually might be worse. I feel like we're uh, just getting worse at wheeling and older and dumber over time. You know what? I am going wheeling, though, at some point in the next month. doesn't make you a better wheeler. It just means that you're still doing it. That's true. I'm definitely going wheeling less than I used to, and I'm sad about it. But California expensive, yo. I'm not even drunk. That didn't make any sense, but California no. is expensive, yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, Derek, I don't go wheeling at all, ever. You need a wheeling rig. I do. I could use one of those. I'm thinking about getting one, though. Speaking, yeah, at this point, you might as well just buy, like, a <laughs> shitty OBS and just strip it and put 30, like, take the front fenders off, put 37s on it. Oh, my God, what a great idea. Cut, cut the bed. I mean, you could, like, that'd be dope, like... Actually, that's not it. I wonder how well that would be. Like a regular cab, I guess long bed, three-quarter ton, so you get the better front diff yep. and CVs. Put 37s on it. Like, don't crank the shit out of it. Like, crank just it a little no, bit or whatever. no inner fenders, no fender, just no nothing. Yeah. Take the bed no completely nothing. off. Yeah, perfect. And maybe yeah. even shorten the wheelbase, you know, just so it's oh, a little now, bit. See, that sounds like too much work. That is a lot of work, actually. But, that's but a if good you, idea. It wouldn't be bad. There's probably Why doesn't everybody do that? It would outwheel everything. It'd be like, oh, I have 39s and no lift. Sorry, guys. Sorry <laughs> about hurting your feelings. I don't know if you could fit 39s. You'd have to get into the front door probably with the saw. saw. I mean, you could do it. Bro, there are no fenders. There are no inner fenders. Totally doable. 39. Fuck it. 44s. On no, there's a cab three there. quarter ton IFS. There's a cab there, though. It's fine. It won't touch the cab. It's okay. The 38s barely can get I, into the This may, brings me back to the GM full-size days of like, <laughs> can I fit 39s with no lift? And like somebody, somebody did it. They like put 39s on with like just crank torsion bars <sighs> and like obviously trimmed the fuck out of everything. But like <laughs> it looked ridiculous. Like I, I love a big tire on a not high lift just for you low like center that gravity. Stuffed look. I like that chonky look, but like <laughs> it looks stupid. Like obviously it was really stupid looking. Um, and they were like super narrow, which I also like a narrow tire, but they were like super narrow so that they wouldn't rub. And it just looked strange. Just strange. That's all. I mean, back in the day I had like basically a crank and a body lift on 36s, but they were 12, five wide. So it was no big deal. And you had them on, uh, like super high backspacing wheels too. They were just like stock. Oh yeah, they were Chevy like a wheels. sixteen by eight with like. Oh, they weren't. They, were, they were like a sixteen by six and a half or they something. They were not, sir. Excuse you. Oh, you're talking about the stock wheels I had. I literally had stock wheels. Yeah. Before, okay. Yeah, like, I did when that you first too. put that the 36s on Snow Day. That was the same tires, but a different set of wheels. I was yeah. talking about two different trucks. Oh okay. Oh, you're talking about the Chevy. The Chevy used to have 16 by yeah. 8s with, I think, four and a half inches of backspacing. But then Snow Day eventually had stock Steelys off a new body style. And those same tires that were 36 1250 TSL radial. Yeah, and stock Steelys off of a new body style, a.k.a. GMT 800, 
Which were, yeah, AKA, like a 16 by six and a half, like you said. Yeah, AKA a 9906 Chevy, Chevrolet. This is going to be worked. the Chevy sode. <laughs> it's always the Chevy sode when it's us too. I know. <laughs> no, we, we try. We really do try. We just know nothing about other things. <laughs> I hear that Jeeps are good for storing your ducks. <laughs> Acquire. They're good for... What's the duck version of fishing? Hunting? Duck hunting? Duck hunting. Duck collecting? I think the Jeeps, Jeepers would prefer we say duck hunting, but let's say duck collecting. Okay, I like duck collecting. It's like slightly insulting. Yeah. But I feel like most Jeepers that listen to this podcast also don't like subscribe to the ducking thing unless it's satirically. Hmm. I would love somebody that we go wheeling with to have one of those little platforms attached to their mirror that's like place duck here that like when i see it it makes me cringe so hard i almost throw up and i'm not even a jeep guy (laughs) uh what if i'm trying to think how do you how do you one up that and just make it ridiculous because like i'm thinking back to like the the windshield banner of like uh what is it globally hated no locally hated Universally, universally. Oh my god! Wouldn't it just say "duck me"? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the new sticker. We need to just like, well, I guess "duck me." Yeah, "duck me." (laughs) "Duck me!" Exclamation point. "Duck me!" Exclamation point. But how do you how do you insinuate "duck me" versus "duck me"? Yeah, I don't know, but that's the trick, right? "Duck me?" Question mark. Well, I guess "duck me." "Duck me?" Question mark. Exclamation point. The name no, of this episode will like be duck, duck me. me. Like you're excited about getting ducked. The name of the name of this episode I've already decided is duck me question mark exclamation point. <laughs> well, I, I still like, well, I guess duck me <laughs> or well, I guess duck me. Yeah, because I that, like, that I th- like really insinuates like the well, fuck me. Yep. OK, you're right. Well, write that down it's, before we drink too much. I, t- I typed it. We're good. It's saved. I typed it. I typed it. I have a, the, the picture for the episode can just be a duck on, I love a, on it. a mirror. I think it should. you should find like a picture. I actually was in traffic uh, in front of a guy with my review mirror, and I just see a row of ducks on his dashboard. Mm. And I'm just like, you're an adult male. Stop that. I'm slightly nauseous now. Thanks, Mike. I'm just saying, like, this is an keep, adult male. You keep talking about it. I'm going to have to <laughs> quit the podcast and go puke and then come back. You can puke <laughs> live on the podcast. <laughs> People pay extra for that. Well, some of you sickos do. Yeah, you can go to the podcast for that. The Patreon. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. You can come hey, to the Patreon. Speaking for... of drinking too much, I'm going to try it. Let's see if it works. Was it good? That came. Yeah, I like that. That was nice. Good. So what usually happens is by the time that we've started the podcast, I've already opened my beer because I'm just impatient. But tonight... I had a little bit of extra time, so I've already pounded a couple. So I was like, I can wait and open this third beer until the podcast. It's probably it was probably wise of you to do that because tomorrow you won't be like quite as hammered. I mean, or quite as hungover. I mean, let's hope I won't be hungover at all. Let's hope my high tolerance to alcohol helps me just a bit. Wait, so what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Oscar Blues Old Chub. It Ooh. is a Scotch ale. It's delicious. It's about what is eight percent? Yeah, I think it's eight percent. I can't quite read the can, but uh, it's it's an oldie but a goodie. You can find it year round, which is wonderful. And uh, Scotch ale being my favorite style of beer, I'm real pleased. I saw Scotch ale recently, 
that was not super high alcohol content and i was like hmm Mm-mm. Ooh, there's one there's one i really like that's not super high abv that's really good i wish i could remember what it is <sighs> it's gonna kill me there's actually what? a local brewery here that does one uh in lafayette uh taze river i don't remember what the beer is but it's like five percent and it's very good like shockingly nice. good for being five percent nice. but there's also a big name brewery that's that does one <sighs> I feel like this was a bigger name brewery. I was like, you know, I'd heard of it. So, oh man, I, you know, it's got to be on my list. Hold on, let me look. I, right, I while you, literally, while you do that, I'm so gonna, old that I have gonna, just a note on my phone called Scotch Ales. That's how I remember <laughs> Scotch Ales that I like. I mean, whatever works for you, baby. It does. Uh, while you look that up, I'm going to attempt to do crispity, but I don't feel like getting up to get my bottle opener. So I'm going to use my ring. It's going to be a little messy. Uh oh. Oh, never mind. Uh, that wasn't too bad. Did that kind of pop through? I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it's I not as it. like it's not as like, but it's a bottle, and yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm drinking a Kona Brewing Company Longboard Island Lager. It's an easy drinking lager, four point six percent alcohol. Because I am still jet lagged. I got back from Europe on Saturday. I went there for work last week. So uh, last night was pretty rough. Tonight will be better. But if I drink a high ABV or multiple beers, I will be dead. I feel like you're always drinking a beer that sounds very California. I mean, California, what am I going to do? It's just like every single one of your beers is like long coast this or surfboard this. I probably the, the, first of all, Kona Brewing Company is Hawaiian, I think. Uh, Made in California, bottled and canned in California. Oh my God! None of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Fort Collins, Colorado, Portland, Oregon, or Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Okay, that's all over the damn place, and none of them are the, <laughs> the state of California or Hawaii. Kona Kona is like a place in Hawaii. Anywho. That's true. Uh, yeah, I'm stuck in California where the beers are all California and they don't bring in oh, any other ones. Poor you, stuck in California. You know what? The one thing I will say is that your beach is too cold. Where I live or just yeah, in general? Just your beach. The whole state. Your beach is too cold. Like, I want to pretty... visit California, but I want to go to the beach. And when I go mm-hmm. to the beach, I like to get in the water. I don't want to go to a 50 degree water beach. Boo. Yeah. It's really, you don't even, I don't think people, people, bleh, people don't even go to the beach here unless you're surfing in a wetsuit, because even if you don't get in the water, it doesn't get that warm here. Like if you go to San Francisco beach, it's like cold and windy, even on a hot day, like San that Francisco sounds... is like a microclimate. What is the point of living by the beach? If you don't want to go to the beach, uh, the mountains, <sighs> <laughs> I mean, that's not the beach, Derek. So Trevor and I went to the beach when I'd visit him in Santa Barbara. So you go a little bit further south than this. And the, yeah, the water's cold, but you go in and you just, you, you man up or woman. You survive. You, just, you put on your big person pants and you just go into the water and it's cold and you shrivel up and then you get out and you're like, wow, the sun is so nice all of a sudden. It's good. I guess but I can see that. Not in, not in San Francisco because it's cold. Damn. So the beer I was trying to think of is Odell 90 Schilling. It's mm. 5.3. It's very solid. Okay. Good to know. That might have been it or it might not have. I don't eh, remember. Either way. It's just uh, one of the few very good 
fairly low ABV Scotch ales that I've run into. So not a lot. On the topic of beer, I was in Europe last week and I went to Germany, which had good beer. Oh my goodness. But guess what has better beer, in my opinion, than Germany? Uh, I'm going to say Savoy, Illinois. That's okay. (laughs) I'll get to that in a second (laughs) because in a way you're right and in another way you're not. Okay. Um, So wait, what's the question? Guess what country in Europe has better what, beer than Germany? Oh, a country in Europe. Sorry. sorry, sorry. I misheard. Let's see. What country in Europe has better beer than Germany? It's near Germany. <sighs> Italy. Mm, pass. Um, I'll, <laughs> that would I'll be weird, it. but I, that's why I said it. They, I mean, they, they have beers. Some of them are pretty good, but I, I don't just I, like they don't they spend all their time making wine, so I don't think they have like that much creativity. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like they perfected a couple beers, like Moretti's pretty good. Uh what's the other one? I forget. But Do there's I get not to try like a again? lot of choices. Huh? Do I get to try again? You yeah, feel free. Uh Great Britain. AKA uh, England. Eh. Disagree. Um No? <laughs> I mean, they got some, I mean, they I got don't some know. brown okay, ales. First of all, I, I can't really comment because I've never been to Great Britain. I've had British beers. They're okay. I've been to Ireland. They have Guinness, and it's really good, and other Irish beers. But let me, I'm just going to I'm going to say. You're just going to have to tell me, or I'm going to guess every European country until we get there. So <laughs> Eventually, you'll get it, right? Eventually, I'll get it, but I'm all pretty right, bad so at I, geography. You better just tell me. So I went to Czech Republic and Germany for work, um, and Czech beer very good very refreshing very like now i don't know if there are other styles but i had basically like pilsners and weiss beers and they were both like really fucking good <clears throat> see um, it's surprising to me to hear that because i feel like that style of beer is hard to be especially good like it when i want to see one or get one i'm like i know what to expect and then you take a sip and you're like yep that's what i expected but you got to think so so like germany Famous for like having their like, and I'm going to butcher this, but like their, their, their six ingredient like recipe, like this is how you make beer and this is the only way you make beer. And if you don't make it this way, then fuck you. It's not German beer or whatever. Yeah, I, guess. And I think Czech Republic being like literally adjacent to Germany has similar like roots in that. I don't know that they're quite as strict, but they have the same like sort of flavor palette. And it was like, you just take a sip of it. First of all, there's like a legit head on the beer. Um, in fact, I went to a Czech, uh, bar and you can order with like a good amount of head, half foam or like 90% foam. What? And, like people Why were actually buying order it. That? I don't know, but I ordered a half foam one and it was really fucking good. Um, so somehow, I mean, I know that they say that that'll change the flavor. Like just even the way you pour the beer can change the flavor. Mm-hmm. But personally, I'm like, fill my cup, man. Come on. Yeah. So, but it's, it's a CO2, but it had a really smooth foam head like the bubbles were small somehow like it was almost <laughs> nitro but not quite weird it was really good um and straight out of the tap was like even better like i was really quite impressed with it to be honest um and then where was i going with this not not so good on wine <laughs> <laughs> i'm sad to say i did have some check wine it wasn't bad it was actually quite good but like also had it an Italian wine while I was there and it was like very, very fucking good. Exactly. <laughs> Especially being that close to Italy, like there were many options. So, so yeah, that's, that was my European escapades. Um, 
saw some pretty cool every time I go to Europe, the like semi trucks just blow my mind. Oh, the weird like, like flat front triple axle trailer, like Yeah, because they're all cause they're all like cab overs. But I think the reason why they're like that is because there's like length restrictions in Europe. I bet. So the shorter your semi is, the longer your trailer can be, the more cargo you can haul. Well, right? the roads are smaller. I mean, That's I'm sure there too. are some places where they're bigger, but I mean, like being in Europe, yeah, that's just crazy how small everything is. That's right. I thought. And being in Czech Republic, I saw some like legit Tatras or Tatras. I don't know how you pronounce it because that's a Czech company of like eight by eights and like 10 by 10s. And oh, you stuff saw like some that. of those in the, in the flesh, huh? Yeah, I did. Um, like some SnowRunner stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like SnowRunner <laughs> stuff. Um, and, uh, I I took a picture of a couple. Um, Make sure to was, post those up on the Trail Riders page. Try and remember. We never do. Um, we always say, "Hey, I'm going to post photos of that," and then next week rolls around. People need to call us out more. <laughs> no one calls us out. No one even listens to this podcast. We're just talking to ourselves. I know. And you know what? It's not the end of the world. I like talking to you, Mike. <laughs> I was going to say I like talking to you too. So it's totally fine. No one has to listen. I'll post this one, but this is a picture oh of a trailer that I saw. It's what got four rear axles. I've never seen anything like it's, it. It is for those who play SnowRunner, which I know is like ten of you, maybe or two. I bet there's a um, hundred people listening to this podcast that have played SnowRunner. Okay, well, this is the gooseneck red drive uh, trailer that has ramps. It's the trailer from SnowRunner. Imagine it's awesome. It red. It's pretty. That's dope. nutty. Like the, why it like obviously there's got to be a height thing too because the wheels are sunk into the the trailer side whereas like right. ours are all above it. So like right. clearly there's both a height and a length thing there. And then I saw the crane from SnowRunner. Oh, that's awesome! Yes, I've been using this, this thing quite a bit lately. Yeah, this is um that was pretty cool. And then there's one more. Wait, wait. Please hold. Please hold. What? Where is it? Oh, here we go. Eh, I'll zoom in. It's a Scania. I saw all the brands basically, but this is a Scania oh, twin so steer cool. with a crane, with a flatbed, with Dude. a what do you call the trailer that has the oh, it articulates? Steerable? No, the no, like the the front axle is like a a cart. Oh, I don't know what the name of that is, but it's like a hay wagon or whatever. Hey, yeah, it's got to be impossible to back up. I tried to back up one of those trailers in SnowRunner the other day for like five minutes and I gave up. I was like, there's nothing I can do. There's a video of a guy in one of these like Scania's or like Renault or whatever. One of these European like cab over trucks backing up one of these things like pretty quickly. And there's like somebody walking next to it. So it's not sped up like bananas. I I don't know. I'm on that TikTok of like weird all heavy haul, weird truck stuff whatever it's nuts um, man it's pretty cool and then i didn't get a picture of it sadly um oh actually here before i jump to that comment here's the tatra that i saw it was a, i think it's oh a military my god one. so cool it looks like a picture from SnowRunner, doesn't it <laughs> it literally yeah because it's a little blurry too it like literally yeah, looks like it's we're like an eight by eight and the, the tatras i think are independent suspension oh man but but they have this like I don't know how to describe it. It's basically like a spine that the the chassis is not like two ladder rails. It's like one tube in the middle of the whole truck that is the drivetrain. Like there's a drive shaft within this thing. And then off of it what? are these like basically radius arms. Like there's no like wishbone or anything like that. It, they just go, the wheels go like up and down in a radius from the center line of the truck. 
Wow. As they were, as they like articulate, it's pretty, it's pretty bananas. And of course, like all the lockers and everything, I'm sure. But yeah, what I used to watch, Trevor and I both used to watch, um, truck trials, like European truck trials where they use these trucks and they're like, you know, super lightweight, like they kick off anything, you know, on the frame and they just put a roll cage in it and they like soup up the engines and they've got like bigger tires and lockers and all this shit. And like, they just bomb these like crazy, like side hills and like try and get across these like you know creeks and rock crawling and all, it's, it's crazy but doing the shit in basically semis with like even more massive than we're used to mud tires yeah with like 50 inch plus probably more than that 58s or some bullshit it's crazy to think about it like obviously in the snow runner like you do it but it's weird to think about in real life. You're like, yeah, I got this like 50 plus thousand pound like rig and I'm just off over here like off-roading in it. They're probably I'm not quite like, that heavy. Well, no, like not the truck itself, but I mean, you're like towing trailers and shit. It's just oh, like the whole thing is but, insane that you're moving that much weight across like mud and ice and snow and over rocks and it's just weird. People definitely do it. Um, but the truck trials thing is like a competition. So like these trucks are like maybe... 15,000 pounds maybe like they're like super stripped down yeah so it's just like drivetrain some cab a roll cage that can like support the weight of the thing and then the whole you know I mean obviously if you got 8 or 10 tires it does weigh a lot but sure so maybe it's a little closer to 20,000 pounds but still I don't think they're breaking 20 um, on the truck trials yeah so, so if you're bored someday people go on YouTube and search truck trials and there's many videos to be perused. <clears throat> I also saw. Oh wait, no, we're gonna get. To, we'll get to this in a minute. I think I'm gonna jump ahead. If I go to this, um, you jump wherever you want, baby. <laughs> I like that. That's the hey, baby. <laughs> the, this the word of the day. Uh, Mike, have you obviously haven't done any off roading lately? Because we talked about that. But what are the, what's the updates that you have? On truck I mean, it's, on it's a small update, but it's an update nonetheless. So uh, last time that we talked, I mentioned that snow day had been fully burned in in the rear. Like the, the my 90s style roll bar cage like thing is happening. I never really post yeah. a photo because I'm an ass, but uh, I might <laughs> this time. I don't know. I guess we'll see next week or on Tuesday, whenever that is. Um, it's tomorrow. Is it? Yeah. Oh, man. This is going to release tomorrow, assuming that Mr. Kyle Ming decides to edit this. Yeah, he, he sounds... He's uh, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed about it. So he's like, Derek, call me when you guys are done recording so I can start. I was like, okay. Man, what what a treat it is for us to have Kyle Ming as a producer because he he's producing some stuff. Everybody give Kyle Ming some love. Yeah, give him some love. Because he's the reason why this is going to come out Tuesday or worst if, case Wednesday. If you hear this... On April 25th, it's because Kyle <laughs> Ming exists. And if you hear it and on the 26th, it's still because he exists. So <laughs> either way, give him some love. <laughs> Seriously, though, give him some love because, you know, Steve's obviously very, 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 very busy. Um, and if we let it to him, like it wouldn't get done for a couple weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, he just, he's not because just we got don't a lot love going Steve on. And he's businesses. not capable. He's just got a lot. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. So, and we love you, audience. And we want you to hear us talk about the, all of this random bullshit. If you want to. Oh, you know, and random like, bullshit you will get. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> since, since neither of us off-road. Although, maybe, so, just maybe. I will I will be off-roading 
soon, within one month, in fact. So I am going to Hollister Hills. I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I didn't have a date nailed down. I have a date, and it is May 20th. I will be there uh, off-roading and checking out what Hollister Hills has to offer. It also turns out that Mr. Jason Green of Wheel and Wine and Whiskey will be there with the, uh, I hope I don't butcher this, Esprit de Four for a safety clinic. So it's Esprit, like E-S-P-R-I-T, D-E, four, F-O-U-R, four-wheelers, I believe, or maybe it's just Esprit de Four. Well, it's Esprit de Four dot club, not dot com, dot club. club. That's weird. Okay. And if you go to their calendar, you'll see that they have a safety clinic planned at Hollister Hills on May 20th. So I'll not be there for the safety clinic. I'm just going to be checking out the place. But he, Jason, um, and I, I don't know if Chris does it, but Jason will certainly be there for the safety clinic. So you can say hi to him and me and other people. I don't know who else will be there. I'm still just... Got back from Europe, so I'm like... So are you going to go to a safety (laughs) clinic and then show everybody what not to do while off-rooting? Yeah, I'm just going to show up and, like, floor it and, like, roost everybody and, like, I don't know. What else? Just just roll your truck, Derek. Just roll roll. Yeah, but I have a roll cage in it. That's too safe. Uh, Cut the roll cage out. You could try to, like, really roll it. Like, just go to, like, a cliff face and just drive off and just let your truck, like, rolls, like, ten times. (laughs) It's like, hey, guys, don't do this. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. I'll yeah. do that. I'll report I'm back. I'm just saying, every, it'll be, you'll be a good example for everybody. <laughs> Here's what not to do. Yeah. Wheel a full size. Or, <laughs> like, first thing at the safety clinic, like, you know, you play good cop, bad cop. You just show up and you, you're like, step one, crack open a beer. And then just be like, chug it. And be like, now we're going to go wheeling, right? <laughs> and then when the right, safety guys? Pe- uh, every No, I'll be the guy. It'll be like a really bad, uh, <laughs> like, safety video. Like, I'll just be like, they're like, all right, who wants to know who want, who knows what step one is? And I'm like, I raise my hand and I'm like, they're like you. And I'm like, chug a beer and go wheeling. And they just bat it out of my hand. They're like, no, stop it. And then exactly. they ask somebody just else. And somebody's that. like, don't chug a beer. And they're like, good job, noob. Um, <laughs> that would be a great safety clinic. Just you being so an good. absolute asshat the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you do when you are getting a little tippy? Floor it, floor it. And, just, and they're like, no, stop it. If your truck is tipping to the left, turn left, turn left hard. <laughs> Actually, no, you should turn right hard. You should. Uh, if you're trying to do it terribly. Yeah, if I'm trying. Yeah, I was gonna say if I'm trying to yeah. do it terribly, I should turn right. Turn, turn right and floor away it. from the lean. Turn away yeah. from the turn. Turn away yeah. from the tip and floor it. Yep. Yep. I'll do that. Um. So yeah, that'll be fun. Come say hi. Um, I'm not going to get crazy. I'm saying that now, but I'm sure you'll find me on some giant rock that I was like, I'm just going to put tires on it. (laughs) But it's an hour and a half from my place. So you know what? I can get my shit towed home if I really fuck shit up. Yeah, your Mazda 3 can tow, what, an 80, 500 pound truck. It'll be fine. And trailer. After trailer, maybe like 11,000-ish pounds. here's Here's really not how you're supposed to tow is Get a U-Haul trailer, give them the wrong VIN so that they will... What do you mean VIN? You don't tell them, you don't give them a VIN. A U-Haul, you have to give them a VIN of what you're telling. <laughs> you do. They don't want any liability. 
it's funny you don't just tell them what kind of car it is. They're like, we need the VIN number of the car you're doing. <laughs> or maybe, I don't remember. Actually, I'm not no, saying you're wrong. To, it's no, just no, no, very no, no, funny I, to no, me. You're right. I think, maybe they don't do it anymore, but I specifically remember wheeling with Shane at... Um, oh, I know this one. What's the place in Missouri? I can't remember the name of the flat, muddy... <sighs> Oh, St. Joe's, uh, St. Joseph State Park or whatever, yeah. St. Joe's. Um, and it's it's like not technical wheeling, but at the time we both just had IFS trucks on 33s and mud was fun. And so we went mudding at St. Joe's. Shane tore a CV boot and it was like real screech, screechy and he couldn't get the like C-clip out to pull the the like CV out of the spindle or not that spindle what do you call that the bell uh wait you're saying that he couldn't pull what was he trying to pull out of what he was trying to make it so that the wheel bearing would still be clamped together oh yeah yeah then you'd have to pull the joint out of the out of the that's what I, so, I guess so basically bell, maybe whatever what do you yeah stub the shaft, bell, I guess maybe. yeah maybe cb bell which is part of the stub shaft the the preload of that Stub shaft and nut holds the unit bearing together. So if you just pull the CV out, you're gonna make it like 20 miles before that unit bearing comes apart. And you're you wouldn't even disc- make it that far. I think there's nothing to hold the bearing together. I think it would just, just like immediately the, just fail. Just the brake disc, yeah. So, so anyway, um, he was trying to get that out because we knew at least that, and he couldn't get it with snap ring pliers or whatever. Um, and so. He was like, I don't really want to. It's like it was like I don't know, maybe two and a half hours from home. He's like, I really want to chance it seizing up on the highway, and I was like, neither do I. So he called U-Haul, got a trailer, but they wouldn't let him rent the trailer and tow his two-door Blazer because it was too heavy or big or whatever. Um, and so he he was like, oh, I, you know, no, no, I'm just gonna tow a Camaro or whatever. <laughs> so it came yeah. a VIN of a Camaro. He had to call and find the VIN of a Camaro <laughs> to, to so like silly. let him. And so then I towed his ass home uh, on the back of my truck. It's just so silly. Like, I mean, I get the liability, but the liability is on you. So like, you just tell them like, what are you going to tow? And they're like, cool. So you always Please. say Honda Civic, right? Because yeah, they're very short. They're very light. Like, cool. Good job. Or you can tell them Mazda Speed 3. That's totally Yeah, acceptable. that'd be fine too. It's also very light. Very short. I've towed my Mazda behind the truck before, and it, as the truck is now, it was recent, in fact. Um, it did all right. Anyway. Why wouldn't it? I, it's no, basically I, a one-ton truck at this point. I mean, it has no power, and it has 40-inch tires with huge sidewalls. You say That's it has no power, but you have, what, 513s? Mm-hmm. 488s? No, 513s. Five, you have 513s and, and an LS. That'd be no different than somebody running like a 373 and like a, I don't know, a 33, right? Yeah. See? But also so much goddamn rotating mass. So much. I mean, I guess that's true. So but much But you also more. have huge brakes. I mean, I, I didn't feel too unsafe. I'm but saying I also that, wasn't like... Yes, you have big tires, but lots of guys on huge tires tow shit. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the trailer that I towed to California was certainly heavier than the Mazda on a U-Haul trailer. Like, I could feel the difference. So, that I found the limit. I, I would not probably recommend somebody with my rig tow that much weight. 
but I did it because <laughs> I mean, it was already packed. Know. We've definitely all been trailering in such a way that we probably shouldn't have because everybody has to start somewhere. And let's That's just right. hope that we all live to tell the tale. That's right. So this is going to be the trailer sode because we've already kind of started talking about it. Yeah, I suppose it is. So what? Um, oh, this was supposed to be the segue, but one last thing about cool stuff that I saw in Europe. Oh yeah, please. Was a eighty series Toyota Land Cruiser towing two rock crawling buggies. And if anybody knows who this is, please tell me because I want to be like, I saw your shit. The fact that you didn't um, get a photo makes me skeptical. I'm so sad, but I was like going the other way on the highway and I like saw it out of the corner of my eye. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Whoa, that's crazy. Oh my God, it's an 80 series and rock crawlers. And I was like fumbling for my phone and then it was gone. Damn. I hate that. I do too. I'm very sad about it. That would be cool to find out who that was. I would love to see that photo. I have all the things that you had photos of. That may be the thing I want to see the most. So thanks for not getting a photo, Derek. Sorry. Um, Somebody on the internet knows who this guy is. Or like maybe mud bog, like European competition, like crawler mudder things. You know how they have those like tracks, trials, I guess is what it is. Sure. But... Um, but yeah, it was interesting because like the, the towing in Europe is different. I don't know what exactly is different, but I know like they have way less tongue weight because their axle, you know, the trailer axles is way more or centered. Way forward. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. So, but I don't know how they don't just like tail wag the dog the whole time. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they Did do. Did you see that video recently of like the BMW wagon towing the, the Suburban? I'm sorry, the what? It's a, it's a like a bmw <laughs> car wagon towing uh-huh. like an a, a square body suburban on a car trailer i did not see that that sounds hilarious well it's hilarious until i wrecked well did anybody <laughs> die <laughs> it was not, i think it was a tiktok hilarious. video i follow a page called overloaded on facebook it's wonderful um, yeah, I mean, well I sometimes, sometimes it's people that are just posting things that aren't overloaded at all but that was clearly like kind of heavy but it's this guy and you can like see it's like swaying everywhere and then eventually they crash and like the k5 like hits the back of the car and it's just like yeah like you fucked up bud yeah the i'm also part of overloaded it's hilarious um yeah the like cover photo is like a square body like ford or chevy it's really blurry actually towing a like single wide but like full length oh yeah (laughs) mobile home it's just wonderful (laughs) on the bumper too oh yeah but of course gotta be purple Oh yeah, I'm on the. I see the. Oh God, the BMW. <laughs> You're watching the video Jesus. right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely in Europe. That is a European trailer. Oh, for sure. be, yeah. That's what reminded me of it. Which is cool oh. that. I mean, honestly, let's see. Honestly, what are you about to say? That's okay. No, I'm not saying it's okay, but I think did both vehicles come out unscathed? I mean, mostly. Yeah. No, no. It did no look the, too wag- bad. the BMW wagon got like the the suburban came off the trailer. And like rear-ended the BMW, but like honestly, yeah. the Suburban looked like it fared okay. Well, I mean, it's a Suburban versus a BMW. What do you expect, True. right? Fair enough. Yikes. Well, Derek, I think your there. internet's fucking up. You're getting Damn a, little, it. All right. a little splotchy over there. Sorry. Is it better now? Maybe the video was slowing down my internet. As long as our audio sounds good, we'll probably survive it. I mean, we're as long but, as you can kind of hear what I'm saying. Like we're recording. I get it on what HN. you're saying. Your video is super, super. It's, I'm getting like one frame every like ten seconds. 
Oh God, that's really bad. It's well, real bad. As long as it, if audio keeps working, we'll keep going. I guess so. Uh, so we we're going to talk about towing because you don't want that to happen where your square body suburban falls off the back of your trailer when you're towing with a BMW wagon. You don't. probably don't probably don't tow with a BMW wagon is first piece of advice. Listeners. <laughs> the thing about trailering that I always think about, it's just like everybody always jokes about how like the guy with the, uh, the air brake endorsement and like he's what, like a, what a class a, like just say like your your class A guy mm-hmm. who tows a semi. He's a, he's a semi driver. Mm-hmm. That guy is so much more qualified than somebody who has say an RV with a fifty foot trailer behind it. But if you if you set them up side by side, it's like same weight, same length, except for one guy is sixty five and never towed a trailer in his life, and the other guy's been doing it for say like you know. It doesn't even matter. Five years, 10 years, 20 years. And he's a professional even, driver. Even two, even two days he's had training. Even two days. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because if, if right. he passed the test, he can do it. Yes. But the RV plate somehow makes you fully certified in every way to like roll 50,000 pounds down the road. So I have a question. Yeah. With the RV plate, can you can you literally drive over 26,000 pounds with the regular license? I don't know if you legally can, uh-huh. but everybody says like DOT doesn't I mean, care about you. They're like, I mean, you're seen, going to can't go camping. Like nobody's going to pull you over and be like, let's, let's weigh all your axles. It's like, I'm going camping. What are you going to get me for? Like they might get him yeah. for like his, him being overweight, but like, but he's well, not that's... commercially driving. That's the thing. He's just some old guy, but neither. So a class A license, you can't commercially drive either. Right. The CDL is what you need. Isn't a class A a CDL? Or is class A specifically for weight is not a a CDL? Class A is a specific weight and other things. Basic it like the restrictions are the same as a CDL as far as I understand. But you don't get like like you don't have a CDL, so like you don't get a DOT number or whatever. Like you can't drive a vehicle registered with a DOT number for commercial reasons. With a class I feel a. like we might be somewhat incorrect on this info. Obviously, if Steve were here, he would just know the answer because he has a CDL. Um, but I feel like we might be wrong because I feel like Steve said like, okay, so Steve, when he's driving a car, still has a CDL. So all the laws still apply to him. Granted, he's not going to be towing, you know, 30, 40,000 pounds with the car, but all the laws still apply to him. Like, you know, like uh, the legal alcohol limit is lower for a CDL driver. That applies to him. Now, I don't think that it matters. I think like say that I decide today, hey, I'm going to get a class A license, but I'm not going to do it for business. I'm going to do it for personal reasons. I think that that immediately puts me into a CDL category, even if I'm only doing it for personal use. Hmm, Maybe. So I'm looking just real quick because I Googled it and I wanted a little bit of an idea. In California, which is, I think, one of the strictest towing laws of all the states it says with a non-commercial class a license you may drive any vehicle under class c wait i'm confused Mm -hmm. i'm already confused travel trailers wait this is not if it's too much information we can just skip it i mean everyone can tell us later that we're wrong but Regardless, what the fuck? What's a Derek? house car? 
Okay. I don't know what a house car is. Is a house car like a, an RV, like a, a, a motorhome? I'll, I'll tell it? you. Oh, maybe. So with a basic Class E license, you may drive a two-axle vehicle with a GVWR of 26,000 pounds or less. That makes sense. It sounds like a normal Class it's D still, or C or whatever. It's still 10,000 pounds more than your regular driver, though. Is it? 16,000 combined in, in Illinois or Indiana. Is oh, that's a class D though, right? Oh, it's a, well, no, it's a class D. Well, in Illinois, it was class D. I have no idea what I have now. I went to the right, this, Indiana this DMV C. and I was like, one license, please. But I didn't uh, look to see what like they, well, I this, can do now. This is a class C, so okay. it's probably a step above, right? Right, right. So maybe it is 26,000. Uh, you may also drive a three-axle vehicle weighing 6,000 pounds gross or less. That's very strange because that's like a pickup truck weighs Nothing. six thousand pounds. So yeah, like. and it's three axles. Maybe they mean sixty thousand. <laughs> a motorized scooter. You may drive a motorized scooter. Oh, or a or any house car forty feet or less. Any house car. Or <laughs> house car no. has to mean motorhome. It must be motorhome. It's like a weird translation so from English to English. <laughs> no it's like they translated it to like chinese and then translated it back back and it house was like car. house car <laughs> here we go progressive insurance do i need a special license to drive an rv there are three types of motorhomes class a class b and class c if you own a true. class b or c you can generally drive with a regular driver's license in all 50 states however if your vehicle is heavier than twenty six thousand pounds or longer than 40 feet you may need a special license in certain states to drive it from place to place. You should check with your state's DMV for the exact requirements as each state has its own rules regarding RVs and special licenses. So I think that's true that in California, you can't just drive like a diesel pusher with a regular license. You need an up. And that may up, even up be it. true in the Midwest. I think that people just don't do it and get away with it. You're probably totally right. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. So anyway, the whole reason that I brought this up is because everybody has to start somewhere. So think about the first time that you, well, you can't do it. I think about the first time that I owned a trailer or towed a trailer. The first time I put a vehicle on a trailer, like you're, even if you're trying to be responsible, you're probably fucking up. It's just going to happen. Like I didn't know that ratchet straps had to have a full like loop like before they full were tight wrap. so i'd like yeah full wrap so i'd like get them tight and i'd cinch it down and the first few times i towed my truck i'd almost have to stop because i would like look in my mirror i could see my straps were loose and i'd like go back there i'd retight and i was like what's going on it's like i got them as tight as humanly possible and they'd keep coming loose and i had to keep stopping and and there was even one time that i nearly lost my truck i nearly oh, lost shit. it i was alone i think we were coming back from missouri and I was in a turn and I could see snow day like shifting on the trailer and the trailer was swaying and traffic was like going on the shoulder to avoid me. It was it was very hairy. And thank God nothing happened. And I fixed it and I made it home safely. But that moment I was like, I am a trailer amateur. I don't know what I'm doing and I need more knowledge, more practice, more everything. And I'm not embarrassed to say, like, I just didn't know what I was doing. But that's the thing. Everybody has to start somewhere. So, like, maybe sure. I needed somebody that knew more than me to say, hey, let me help you strap down your rig the first time you do it. Let me ride, take a ride with you when you take your rig down the road for the first time. Like, it's just like riding a motorcycle. You know, they say when you get your permit, you need to ride with somebody because, like, you just don't know everything. Everybody likes to think they do. Like, oh, I'm a man. I know everything. Well, guess what? You don't. And, you know, it's going to be really dangerous. 
Yeah, that's a good. That's really good advice, actually. Um, yeah, ride with some. Have somebody that has towed a lot to ride with you, or like check your shit over, or yeah, just something. like or just before show me, like a, especially before you go on a long trip. Like if you're driving yeah. around town, I mean, you should still like be safe, but like you're not gonna like like if you're going thirty miles an hour, you're much safer if something goes wrong than if you're going seventy on the highway. But either way. Shit can fuck up, and I just think about how back then I was flying by the seat of my pants, and I got lucky that nothing bad happened. But there was one time that me and I think me and Steve were driving back from Missouri another time, and I obviously had like probably thousands more miles of towing under my belt. And there were several times I had to lock up the brakes because some asshole pulled in front of me, Oof. and the truck didn't move a millimeter. I mean, it was like that truck would have stayed on that trailer if we'd have rolled. It was so tight and so locked down because I knew what I was doing. But it took a long time to get there. What do you do? So that that's an interesting point of like locking up the brakes because somebody like pulled. Yeah, out somebody in front of literally you. cuts you off when you're going seventy when you're like sixteen thousand pounds, and you just hit the brakes and pray or you try to get out of their lane if you can if there's somewhere to go you have to be very aware of your surroundings one of the things that i've 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 towed far less than probably most of the listeners of this podcast you steve any of the hosts on this podcast and like so I'm I'm not I'll call myself a trailering noob. Like I've towed the Mazda, I've towed the U-Haul trailer out to California, I towed Shane's rig, I've towed things here and there, but I just I have not I don't have a like a big tow rig. Like my truck is not designed to tow. I will tow with it, but not like You're not gonna tow ten thousand pounds with your truck. I've never towed more weight with my truck than my truck weighs. Uh, gotcha. maybe that one time when I towed Shane, but not a whole lot more. You're um, pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. And so, like, for me, I I won't say that I don't feel a trailer back there, but, like, when I hit the brakes, like, especially with a U-Haul trailer, because they got surge brakes, like, mm-hmm. the harder the truck brakes, the faster the trailer brakes. Yep. And so, like, but, like, I have the luxury of driving a lifted truck. I can see what's going on 20 cars in front of me, whereas, like, in, like, a normal height truck or, like, your truck is lowered, like, you're, uh-huh. you're a car, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, I'm a car. <laughs> um, so when I see shit fucking up, like, way ahead of me, I'm like, wait, slow way down, like, like, and again, my truck has a lot of rotating mass, so, like, the brakes, even though it has three-quarter ton brakes, like, it doesn't stop as well as a three-quarter ton with, like, normal-sized tires. It just doesn't. Um, and so, like, I'm always, like, looking ten steps ahead, because even without a trailer, like, I'm always worried about my truck, like, cool. Somebody cuts me off and slams on the brakes like they're going to get rear-ended by me. That's exactly um, the issue is because, sure, I'm always, I mean, I'm as well as I can look ahead in a lowered truck. It's never that. I give people tons of space. I am never, yeah. ever, ta- like, I'm not saying I never tailgate. When people are driving like 10 under on River Road by my house, I'm kind of mad. I'm like, this is actually a really fun road, even in a full-size truck. Like I can kind of carve corners. I say kind of because it's no sports car. But when people are driving under the speed limit, I'm like, this is not a fun drive to work. So, yeah, I'm guilty of tailgating a little bit. But when I'm in a tra- with a trailer, no way. I'm giving them like yeah. 10 car lengths. I'm so far back. It's silly. If somebody slows down, no problem. I got plenty of room. But that's not when it happens. It's when some asshole decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change lanes one foot in front of your bumper and hit my brakes. One Those thing are the times that you're like, I guess it's time to lock them up. I do have a tip. So especially in like 
traffic or like really dense city areas. Like when you're driving across the country, like when you're in the middle of nowhere, that what you just described is not super common unless there's traffic. In my experience, um, trailering it's or not. when you're going through a city in a really busy area, like you're saying. Yeah, when there's a lot of traffic. My my tip here is stay with the semis because a people still do cut off semis. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Um, people are really stupid. Like you're not going to win a battle against an eighty thousand pound rig. You just aren't. But people still cut off semis, but it's not as... I don't think they do it as often. Um, and also, if somebody cuts off the semi, they're going to probably have similar braking speed to you. And so you can kind of like see it happen, hit the brakes, the semi hits the brakes, you know. Um, don't tailgate the semi, obviously. Somebody might still cut you off. But I've also noticed that most semis try and like maintain a fairly constant speed. So even if they do get cut off, they just kind of keep going and like they let the car just cut them off and like be on their way. Um, and so that's been kind of like my thing is like hang out with the semis when I'm towing in a dense area. Um, cause like, no, it's a good a idea. It is going to yeah. make you slower. Like you're, when you're on your way to get somewhere, it's usually pretty chill, but the way home, there's just like nothing you can do to get home. Right. Like after right. a weekend of wheeling, it's Sunday, you're beat, you're burnt. You're just like, I want to get home so hard. And you're you're flying on the highway, but you're probably right. It probably would be safer to just like chill on the right lane. Everyone's going 65 or 70, just hang out and you'd probably be just be, fine. That'd be the other tip is like, don't go fast. I mean, yeah, absolutely. If you're, if you're like in the middle of Wyoming and there's literally nobody else around, like go the speed limit, which is like at 75 or 80, if you're comfortable doing so or don't like, you don't have to go that fast. Don't feel pressured. That's another tip but but like don't rush like especially if you're tired after a week in a wheeling it's probably the worst time to go fast right because your reaction time is gonna be a little slower you're real tired falling asleep at the wheel hopefully not but like I always getting a little that groggy s- that sunday morning urge when you get up and you're like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna crack open a sunday morning beer but i never do it <laughs> because i'm like That's yeah smart. but i immediately have to drive and i'm already tired and it's just gonna put me to sleep yep um but like, just don't rush. Like you're going to get there. And like, if you're not driving 20 hours, like even if you go like five or 10 miles an hour below, excuse me, what you normally would, you'll still get there like within 30 minutes. Of yeah. It's, it's minutes of difference, time. not hours of difference. And like you said, unless you're going cross country, it's, it's not the end of the world to just slow down and take your time. And guess what? You'll save a bunch of money on gas. Even like five miles an hour when you're towing makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. That's no joke. With all that wind resistance. And wind resistance is like squared or cubed or something like that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But It's both squared and cubed when you're towing an OBS behind another full-size Chevy. <laughs> squared times cubed. <laughs> Just tow your square body with your square it's body. Then it's, what do you call when you square squared? Quadrupled. Oh, nice. nice. I don't know. I'm saying no. words now. It's to the fourth power, but yeah. What is to Wait, the fourth power? What's the what's the slang term to to the fourth power? There's nothing. No. There's squared and cubed is to the third power. I don't think there's like a quadded. Quadded. Yeah, we'll just Ford, say quadded. Ford. Fourth. <laughs> uh. So there yeah, are a like, lot of things you can do to trailer safely. Um, tongue weight, like 
the best thing you can do is you can find a free scale. Man, a free scale is so good because like, yeah, everybody knows you can go weigh everything at like a truck scale at like a loves or something. But who has the time and money to figure that out? Find yourself like a grain elevator or just like I actually I'm lucky. One of my coworkers told me about a scale here. He's like, hey, the scale is just on all the time. And sure enough, I drove by there one day and it would you eat pulled in there. What do you know? Scales on in the middle of the night. Great. Nice. But uh, Steve told me about one back home and I would go. I'd literally like I'd pulled the truck on there. I'd pull the truck on there with the trailer tongue only. And then I'd pull like the truck and the trailer on there. Then I'd pull just the trailer. I'd like do all kinds of math and I'd end up with everything. I was like, and how much the truck weighs, and how much the, the rig weighs, and how much the trailer weighs, and how much my tongue weight is. And uh, like all said and done, I'm like, hey, look at that. I had like. What was it? Uh, I think my tongue weight ended up being like 800 pounds. And I think the trailer with the trucks around like 8,500, 9,000. So I was like, well, that's perfect. That's like right around 10% tongue that's weight. I was right. actually kind of surprised yeah. it was lower than 10%. I was fully expecting it to be like 1,200 pounds or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not really... Is there much of a downside to having too much tongue weight except for like... Except for squat. Then you well squat and then also you're lifting the front end up, oh which, yeah which I don't know. reduces your I, like steering and braking i'm not actually sure if there's a disadvantage to too much tongue weight i mean i know you want everything to be level and i know you're shooting for 10 percent tongue weight but other than that i'm not really sure what the rules of thumb are there That's i actually all don't I even know if for. everything being level is matters i mean i think like because if you think about it um like if you had a truck that had rake from the factory and you put a trailer on it and it's suddenly level. That's exactly the that point means, though. That means, that means the rear has squatted, right? But and you if you want had a that. truck that was level and then you put a trailer on it and the rear is now lower than the front, how's that any different, right? The, well, the, it's the affecting your alignment. I'm not no, sure that not. that matters for towing. I'm just no, saying no. facts. No, it doesn't though. It doesn't it affect affects caster. But it would but, just give you more so, caster, but, which would make you more stable in a straight line. So it's fine. Yeah, plus you'd have less caster with a raked truck with a truck that has with no trailers higher in the rear. That's true. You no, yeah, yeah, you're right. You'd have less caster until you put the trailer on, then you'd have more caster, exactly. in which case it'd just be better. But we're talking about like, you know, over the length of the truck, like even if the truck is squatting like three or four inches, like we're talking like a, a cup a degree or two, maybe. Maybe. Which is still fine. Yep. So but like, think think about it though. Like you've got you've got your rear axle as your fulcrum, right? You've got this yeah. like distance between the rear axle and the hitch, and then distance between the rear axle and the front axle. And so you've got all that weight in the front, preventing the front of the truck from coming up off the ground. But that distance, like two equal trucks, one's leveled and one's not, and you have you know the same hitch, the same trailer. I don't see the difference, honestly. Like, so you're yeah, saying that if you have the clearance for it, and so let's say that I took the airbags off the 08, because right now mm -hmm. the truck's level. In order to continue to be level, I have to put like, you know, 75 pounds in the bags, and then the whole setup is still level. They're not very well, strong bags. They're small bags. That's, that's, that's a little different because you're using like half-ton springs, and you don't have as much up travel. So you add the airbags to increase your spring rate, so that it doesn't like bottom out or Basically, whatever yeah, exactly. as much. But that's because you have a lowered truck, right? True. So like if you had a three-quarter ton truck, let's say, two equal trucks, same springs in the rear, one's cranked, one's not. Or one one's doesn't have blocks in the, in the back. 
but even the blocks, like, no, again, I'm not saying that the fact that the blocks affect anything about the towing. You're saying two, one truck is level, one truck has rake to start with. One mm-hmm. truck ends up being level, one truck ends up being squatted. Right. I don't think there's a headlight alignment, maybe, but like, I don't think there's like a big issue with that technically. I don't know, though. I'm really curious to see right, what so, people, the <sighs> listeners think or what you think. <laughs> and this is probably a little bit beyond what I understand. You might have a better understanding than me. But if the truck and trailer are both level, then the force passed between the two is like linear. I, I, I might be speaking out of turn because I don't really know. But like if the truck and trailer aren't level, aren't isn't the force applied to both like not... You know what I mean? Like if you hit something straight on versus if you hit something at an angle, the way the mm-hmm. force is applied isn't going to be quite the same. So if the truck That's and trailer true. aren't perfectly in line with each other, doesn't that somehow affect like braking and accelerating? I think that's more on the trailer. This I mean, is probably uh, beyond what anybody really thinks about, but I'm just saying if we're getting, yeah. if we're going to talk about how a squatted truck is just as fine to tow with as a level truck, then we got to know why it's just as fine. I mean, I, th- I think you're right to a point, but like we're talking about like again, maybe a degree or two of squat on both the truck and the trailer. Mm-hmm. And this is also saying like remember that at least in my mind, we're comparing two trucks that have the same like rear suspension yeah. and the front is different, right? So I would think that the trailer would be level in both scenarios, right? Because the rear is roughly at the same height between both trucks. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the trailer is like squatting down too. Like if the trailer is squatting down, I could really see like, you know, like if they're touching like this straight on, everything's perfectly level, then yeah, you've got this like linear force pushing forward on the truck and it's not doing anything. And then if you have this, it wants to bend down more, just braking in a straight line or accelerating in a straight line will want to lift up the rear mm-hmm. of the truck and the trailer yeah, that too. Makes sense. But I mean, then that also assumes no drop hitch and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. So there's a lot of factors I mean, to keep in mind. We're really like, you know, we're grasping um, at splitting hairs. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're splitting hairs, I think, a little bit on this. But so I think but what I'm trying to get to is I think the most important part is that you don't have too much tongue weight so that you're not taking weight off of the front tires so that you can steer and brake, right? Yeah. That's the only downside to too much tongue weight, I would say. You're probably um, right. But what's really interesting is that, like, there's not, and you could probably add this, but there's not, uh, like, um, what do they call them? Level low weight leveling distribution. bars. Weight, weight distribution Hitch. for f- trailers, uh, car trailers. Yeah, I tried using one of those once. I hated it. I grew up with my family trailering like a travel, like an RV travel trailer, um, and we had them, and it seemed to work. But that that doesn't just level the truck. That literally takes this like hitch, and it like forces more weight onto the front tires. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, like, it's actually creating the back like a of the fulcrum pushing the front of the truck down. It's a neat yeah, and I, concept. And I remember like they're kind of adjustable because you can just change the number of links. Yeah. And if you really like crank on it, like you can actually get the back of the truck to lift up higher than it was with no trailer on it, which is crazy. Um, probably not good for anything, but but it's really interesting. So, um, I actually, I think 
who did I see? Somebody had a car trailer, but it was enclosed that had low or weight distribution hitch. I don't remember who it was, but I thought that was interesting. I had one for a hot minute and I, I, like, you know, I fully installed it, adjusted it, and I went out for a drive through snow day on the trailer. The thing that got me, well, okay, part of the reason I didn't like it is because I have a lowered truck. So those bars, the torsion bars that are attached to everything were like an inch from the ground. So obviously not good. Yeah, that was, you know, an issue. But the thing that really got me was I know how much air I have to put in my bags to make everything level. And I cranked on those things as hard as possible. And I didn't even need one pound less to make the whole setup level. And I was thinking if this thing is trying to like create pressure the way it should, shouldn't I have needed less spring to do the same thing? Yes. But it didn't matter at all. Like, I mean, I, I got those things down to the last link and it still didn't make any difference. Like, I was using, like, a like a long bar to, like, force that, like, that uh, chain link to, like, get into, like, the last slot and it still didn't make any difference. I tried a bunch of different things, but... Did you do this with the jack up? Like, off the ground? The tongue jack Yeah, off I, the like, ground? took the weight off of it and then I hooked it all up and set it down and it didn't make any difference in my... Uh, Oh, so you like you like jacked it up with the jack, put it on the shortest link, put them up, and then l- lowered the jack. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, huh. it didn't make any difference, and I was like, I thought that it would at least make like I don't know five, ten, fifteen pounds of difference, like just something. I was like, and it didn't feel any better. the The, the thing is, and I, and I am towing probably around what the truck is rated for, maybe a little more. I think it's rated for eight thousand, and I'm probably usually towing eighty five hundred pounds, but. But it just didn't feel any different at all. Like the trucks Did never you, really felt unstable. I just thought maybe it would feel better with the weight distribution hitch. Right. It didn't. Did you, from what I remember, and I'm not an expert because it's been 10 years since I've seen one of these things. Uh, there's like a, a pitch. So you have this like literally 90 degree solid steel thing coming out of your hitch. Yeah. And then your weight distribution hitch bolts into that with like two giant fucking bolts, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, but you can adjust the pitch. So if you've got your like 90 degrees here, you can adjust the pitch of the, of the ball. And like, who cares about the height of the ball? It's the angle of those bars. So you can adjust the, you can like loosen the two side, sorry, the two giant bolts and adjust like a set screw to angle it down, which would actually lift your truck up more when you tension them. So I wonder if it wasn't maybe adjusted properly? Question mark? I don't know. It's possible. I mean, I was a total novice when I did hook it up, but I tried adjusting a bunch of stuff and just none of it seemed to help at all. And so I eventually just sold it. I was like, never mind. I mean, if you're happy with the way uh, the 08 toes snow day now, then I would probably just leave it. The only thing I'm not happy with is that I'm using a set of, what are they? They're like a Firestone Ride Right 2,500 pound bag setup. Now, granted, Mm -hmm. this setup is made for a truck with an axle flip. So like everything fits nice and tidy. I did have to fabricate a couple spacers, but no big deal. But I have to use almost all of the air to level my my stuff out. And I always think to myself, if I just had a set of like 5,000 pound bags, I could probably run them at, you know, 20 PSI instead of 80 PSI and get everything leveled out. Who, who cares, though? I guess it doesn't matter. It just seems like, do you want to be working at the limit of your components? As long as you're within the limit. I mean, I am within the limit. I've never had any issues, but I still think about like, wouldn't it be better with, if it was less? I don't know. Maybe I guess it's with fine. airbags. Like what's the worst thing that could happen is the airbags stop working 
they like pop or whatever, or you blow a, a line, and then you're airbagless. It's pretty sucks. comical. The I, I let all the air out once. Like I got home from a wheeling trip, and I was like, "What would just happen?" So I just you know pulled the valve cord, and I was like, "What would happen?" And the rear bumper is like an inch from the ground, so it would be an absolute disaster. Oh, okay, well that would be really bad then. But I don't um, have any bump stops currently, so I really need to get some of those installed. Like I have them, they're actually underneath that. the back seat of the truck, like ready to get welded on, and I just haven't done it. So <laughs> you should probably do that I just in that. case. Um, yeah, because that would like it'd get me home. It'd be a rough ride, but it'd get me home. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, we've talked about the physics of towing. Do you have any other tips <laughs> for? towing or uh yeah hauling a wheeling rig or or anything really i'm trying Gosh, to think other tips about hauling wheeling rig um obviously so, get so at we, least get at least one wrap on your straps before you cinch it down because they will come loose mm-hmm. um obviously adjust your truck in such a way that your tongue weight is right and that's something you just have to do with a scale like i mean you can mm-hmm. you can look at it you can eyeball it you can stick your tongue out and like close one of your eyes squint one of your eyes and say it'll <laughs> it, ride you it, can even flick thumb, your straps and say that's not going your, anywhere put your yeah, thumb exactly. in front you of it and be like yeah out. is that right yeah that's good uh it, actually there's a way to do it without going to a scale oh, um, i don't know if about you, this if you've got to, to figure out where your tongue weight is you could use a house household scale what and and a bar of steel and what you would do you have to kind of have an idea of what everything weighs right so be in the ballpark so if it's let's just say your whole thing weighs eight or ten thousand pounds or it doesn't matter ten thousand pounds nice even number right so if you're shooting for a thousand pounds of tongue weight and you have a household scale that's rated up to what i don't know 300, 300 pounds, pounds let's say let's say 300 pounds so what you would want to do is take like a piece of steel that's pretty rigid, right? And on one side, put like a two by four. And on the other side, put that piece of steel on your bathroom scale. Also probably with a two by four so you don't fuck it up. Uh, you're going to fuck it up. No, you're not. Your wife's going to be mad. And no, she's not. She Just is. don't get it dirty. Okay. No, she's not. It'll be Good fine. luck. So what you would, <laughs> what you would do, <clears throat> let's say you have a 10,000 pound... Trailer your truck and, and trailer that your tow your thing you're towing and your trailer combined ten thousand. Yes, and so what you're gonna do is put put the trailer on the tow rig ball and let all the weight off. Take the jack up, right? And so now what you would do is you would say, okay, I'm gonna divide however much your bathroom scale is rated into plus you know minus some. So let's say your bathroom scale is rated three hundred pounds. You're gonna shoot for two hundred pounds. Okay, and you're going to divide that into what you expect your tongue weight to be. So if you want a thousand pounds of tongue weight, let's say 200 into a thousand is five, right? And so you're going to divide your steel bar. Let's say it's like a square tube or something like that. Thick wall, of course. And you're going to divide it into whatever you divided 200 into a thousand is five plus one. Okay. Because what you're doing here is you're creating a ratio, a leverage ratio, and you're going to mark like six lines on it. Let's say it's six feet. So you'd put one mark every six feet and you're going to put that two by four on the one side and the scale 
and maybe another two by four on the other side of this long piece of steel. And you're going to put your jack on the very first line on the side opposite of the scale. Oh, I actually see what you're creating like a, a fulcrum with something on the ground. Correct. And so what you're, and then of course you're going to see what the scale reads with just the, um, before your trailer touches anything, you're going to see what the scale reads. And let's just say, I don't know how much a six foot two by two thick wall tube or whatever it is you're using weighs. Um, but let's say it says like 30 pounds on it. Okay. So your target right now to get, 1,000 pounds of tongue weight is 230 pounds on that scale. And so you start jacking up your truck, or sorry, you're jacking up the, the tongue jack on the trailer until the ball comes off of the trailer, except if you get to the max load of the scale, then stop and put it back down on the truck and you have to move your vehicle back, right, on the trailer. That, that is makes- such an interesting concept. I never would have thought of that. And also now, what do I tell my wife about my scale that has a 2 by 2 imprint in it? It's not. It's only going to have like <laughs> less weight than a human weighs on it. Some humans weigh on it. But it's dirty. Well, that then that's your own problem. Put ha- put saran Google, wrap around it first. How to get grease off of bathroom scale? <laughs> <laughs> put put a put it in a plastic bag before you do this is probably a good idea. I feel like it's easier to just find a scale. Like if you live in it's the Midwest, there's scales out there. If you live somewhere like in the middle of nowhere, maybe there are no scales. That sucks. Or if you live in a big city, it's hard to find scales too. That's true. Not that Definitely they don't exist, but like all the scales around here are like cat scales you have to pay. I know somebody that said like, oh, there's one in San Jose and I like went there and it was sketchy as fuck and I couldn't find it. Not that it really mattered, but for future reference. So still looking. But anyway, this would work. So... It's just um, interesting. Like, I never would have thought there was a way to use a bathroom scale to tell what the tongue weight is in my trailer. I like it, though. But the, the ratio is divide the one side. Sorry. Divide the long side length of whatever is on the scale side all the way to the jack, tongue jack of the trailer, by the short side. That's the ratio. And that's how much you're weighing, minus the, quote, tear weight tear weight on the scale which is just the weight of that stick tube whatever it's nuts it's a pain in the ass but it works and you can do it at home which is is the best part is you can do it in your driveway and you don't have to to fuck around and go like find a scale and like make sure everything's right and like you technically have to know how much everything weighs individually to really understand right like if you just park your like i pull my rig on the the scale with the trailer and the tongue is obviously attached but if i don't know how much my truck weighs i don't know how much the tongue weight is so like you technically would need to weigh your truck to do that so like it's the best way to do it and a nice thing if you own a trailer you will probably find out how much it weighs you only need to check once you only need to check how much your rig weighs once unless you you know change something about it and like you just if you know all these weights and you do it one time then you're just like i did it i know yeah yeah, back in the day, and then you bef- probably want to like mark down where your rig goes yeah, on your trailer so you I, can I just do. hit it every Literally, time. I know exactly yeah. where to put it on there, like to get everything For right. Sure. It tows like a dream, but it but it didn't. It wasn't always like that. It was it was definitely right. a chore to get there. And I used to rent a trailer, and the trailer and it's I would always rent. Every time. What'd you say? It's different every time. It was different every time, and the trailer I would usually get was a thousand pounds heavier than the trailer I have now. So obviously a little harder on the truck. 
Yeah, they could probably haul more, but you didn't need that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't need a, a 14k trailer to right. tow a 5,500 pound truck. So yeah, right. Um, okay, so we said I should have written it down. Uh, one wrap on your ratchet straps. Don't cross your ratchet straps. Oh my god, people across the rat and people still do it. And I even like call them, and they're just like, eh, "It's fine." Well, if one of those comes okay, loose, fine. the Let's, whole rig just becomes loose. That's why, right? Because and like I didn't know that. Like I don't tow vehicles very often. And like when you rent a U-Haul trailer, you like use those straps that go over the front tires, and then there's mm-hmm. like a chain for the back. Yeah. There's no way, like. Because the U-Haul trailer is designed to tow like a Even bunch of different vehicles. Even if the back one vehicles. comes loose, it doesn't go anywhere. There's no back one. There's no back strap on a U-Haul trailer. What? There's a chain that goes over like the axle or the rear A-arm, but nothing nothing holds the back of the vehicle down on a U-Haul trailer. Oh, weird. I mean, like if you like get crazy and like flip or something like that, like the chain will hold the vehicle mostly to the trailer. Like you're not supposed to leave it loose, but like there's no like cinching the rear of the that's weird to me but I mean, it is I, weird but i get it like if they're if you're wrapped over the front tires the vehicle cannot live, leave the trailer right um and and the back of the vehicle is chained just somewhat so loosely. it can't like do like a weird like flip and like it come can't over just be on like, you or something. yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. like it like when i do the mazda i actually put it through the hitch because it's centered yeah um but they're like you know if you didn't have a hitch on the mazda it would be like to one a arm like <laughs> It's not holding it centered, but the U-Haul also has like the the channel ramps. Yeah. So like it can't slide left or right either. Anyway, I digress. Um, I didn't know. I, I it, like it makes sense to me. Like X, so it's like pulling the vehicle to the midpoint of the trailer, but it's really not doing that because, or if one of them loosens, right? If one of them loosens, then the vehicle gets pulled to one side. You don't exactly. want that. You don't want that. <laughs> but um, if you pull all four corners of the vehicle down to all four corners of the trailer and you lose one strap, the vehicle just sits still. What do you know? I mean, in all honesty, you shouldn't have any, like based on what you just said, you should have like your straps basically going straight forward and straight back. Straight forward and straight back is more or less what I do. I mean, I would say I'm at like a a few degree angle to get to where Mm -hmm. I'm trying to go, but it's not much. Yeah. So that's the, that's a good way. So one wrap at least don't cross your straps. Uh, drive slow. Don't be in a rush when you're towing. It's a recipe for disaster. Hang out with the semis if you if it helps. And then um, fix your weight distribution. Make sure weight. Make sure your weight distribution is good. Yeah, just make sure that your else? weights are right. Make sure your tongue weight is right. Make sure that like your whole setup is set up for what you're trying to do. And if you're super sure you're overloaded, not- you're probably gonna have problems. Yeah, make sure you're not towing a full-size Suburban with a wagon. With a Ford wagon. or a Ford Ranger. Don't do it. Yeah. That's a Ford fucking Ranger. It'll Ford be fucking fine. Rangers will definitely do it, but don't do it. <laughs> but I'm not saying it. it won't get the job done. It just won't get the job done safely. <laughs> right. We don't want anybody killing a bus of nuns. What's funny about that page overloaded is they always talk about the Ford fucking Ranger. Nobody gives any props to the Chevy S10. Like, I never see a Chevy S10 that's way overloaded. It's always a Ford Ranger. This is interesting. Am I right? I did see, like you never see is, S10s. There is a there's a guy who has an S10 that tows like twenty thousand pounds, but it has a Duramax and like a one ton axles front and rear and like Cheater. reinforced frame. That's not necessarily yeah, exactly. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> his truck is more manly than either of ours, 
and it's an S10. Yeah, he's actually he's the guy. He's he's a guy, but he he has a two forty one two forty one doubler, and he was the one that like when I before eco boxes really became prevalent, I was like I want to do that, but like how do I know it's strong? He's like I've towed twenty thousand pounds with it and a tuned Duramax, and I'm like oh okay that's pretty strong. <laughs> that's a lot of torque. It's funny for the for the intermediate shaft because he made the intermediate shaft himself. Anyway. You got any more advice? Oh, I had one that I uh, forgot to say. Um, maintain your trailer. Like, we oh, talk about maintenance dude. a lot on this podcast, but I see everybody that I know that owns a trailer that doesn't maintain it, like burns up a wheel bearing or like blows a tire, like halfway into their, not even halfway into their trip, like the first hour into their trip after it's been sitting for a while. Cause they're like, ah, it's a trailer. It'll be fine. Just <laughs> grease your bearings. Like, regularly check your tread on your tire like this is my biggest problem i always check all four trailer tires before a trip like like religiously i will not leave until i've checked all four trailer tires but Mm -hmm. i don't know how often to do maintenance like every couple years i like pull all the bearings out and like re-grease them and like replace the seals and check the brakes but like but then like a couple years passes i'm like do i just do it again like what if i've only driven like 10 miles like what do i do i just do it anyway like and the thing is you never know how many miles you put on your trailer unless you log it you just don't right. it doesn't have an odometer on it so like if you say yearly i'm like well what if i didn't go anywhere this year do i do it anyway like i don't I, know i mean i guess it depends like if you're confident you haven't gone anywhere in a year you probably don't need to do any maintenance but if you don't remember cuz you use it a lot you probably just do it do anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, it's cheap. Yeah. Greasing your bearings so costs cheap. you almost nothing. And a set of four seals, if literally the only thing you do is like you pull the brakes off, obviously check your linings, check your drums, you grease the bearings, which costs you nothing, and you replace four seals for like 20 bucks. Like the only yeah. thing it costs you is time. It does take a while. It does take a while, but it only you know costs you time. It's not Being expensive. on the side of the road with a seized bearing. Yeah, that's going to cost you way more time, time than just properly maintaining your trailer. So much money. Axles. So much money. And that's the thing about trailer maintenance. It's so easy. Like, even if you have the most, most basic automotive knowledge, if you can just like pull a hub, you can pull, you can pull all four trailer brakes and check your bearings and grease them and everything in it in just a few hours. No big deal. An afternoon. Done. Yep. Yep. Um, or pay somebody to do it. It probably doesn't cost that much to have a trailer shop like grease your bearings for you. That's a good point. I never even bucks. thought about having a shop do it. I imagine that there are lots of shops. I mean, Trevor Torrens would know. He used to do that. He was a trailer yeah. maintenance guy. Not anymore, probably but he used to I do that. I would guess like a few hundred bucks. A few hundred and if bucks. you do it, you do it every couple of years, it's not so bad. Exactly. It's much cheaper than a tow or like whatever, being on the side of the road and having yeah, a like, uh, Yeah, you need to be at work Monday and it's Sunday at 9 p.m. and you're stuck on the side of the road. Totally. A day of lost wages is probably more than a few hundred bucks. Exactly. Maybe. Yes, maybe. Depends know. on what you do for a living, I guess. But either way. I live in the Bay Area. Everything's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Every... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So also check your straps. Derek. Make sure that they're not frayed. Derek, what? I never said the thing. What? Earlier we were talking about truck updates and I started talking about it and I never said the thing. Oh Did my I God. I'm thing? so sorry. Wait, did you say the thing? What'd I say? You tell me and then I'll tell you if you... I said You're talking about your truck? Yeah, it's snow day. Hey, we got off on the side tangent because I don't remember. You, you know we side tangented for the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, the side tangent was the thing we wanted to talk about, but That's either right. way, we, yeah. we side tangented the entire thing. Yeah, I don't know how we skipped over 
Okay, so the Snow Day last the you said the last update was that it was fully welded for the back half. And then I think we got side tangented. Now it's got an X. Yay! <laughs> so we're moving forward. <laughs> That's pretty much the entire update. <laughs> now there's an X also right behind the nice. cab. So we're moving forward. So nice. I mean, we're moving forward quotes like, haha. But anyway, nice. yes. So that's done. The X is done. Next is the cab section. So that'll be exciting because that's going through the roof. So we'll see how that goes. Ooh, that'll be yeah. really exciting. Is he doing it with pinch plates or how's he? Uh, yeah. Well, I think so. Well, our problem was we were trying to figure out how we'd go through the cab and down to the frame, but we decided to keep it local to the cab. So because of that, whatever he's using to seal the roof, sh- the roll cage will move with the cab. So it shouldn't like mm. move separately and cause leaks. Nice. I think he's figuring some kind of gasket that wraps around it. But because it's going to go down to the floor and just punch the floor and not actually pass all the way down to the frame. It should be less likely to leak. Yeah, I mean, pinch plates would be optimal because then you can just like put a shit ton of silicone between them before you cinch down the bolts and that'll seal forever. And and maybe that would work too. And and I'm not 100% sure what the plan is there. Um, I probably should talk with him more about that. But regardless, I didn't yeah. want it to go down to the frame because I don't want the cab to be hard mounted. So sure. the way the cage is going to be mounted to the cab where it's mounted to the bed is on bushings i mean what you could do is the way i did it and so if, if you're running pinch plates down to the floor of the cab and you don't need bray to do this you could do this down the road too is like take a piece of tube put a little uh bushing guy in it and then just run like two plates to your frame so it's like still soft mounted to the frame but it, you've got yeah. more support yeah i get you um, and there's a little bit of play, obviously, but it won't like completely collapse and you'll have a little bit more support if there's a rollover. Um, I see what just, you're saying. Uh, when we were talking about it, I kind of decided like as long as it's fully supporting the cab, the idea is if a rollover happens that the occupants are protected and yeah, whether it goes to the frame it or it's encapsulated the in the yeah. cab, the cab is not going to fall off the truck. I mean, I have, you know, all yeah. new body mounts and hardware and everything else. So like, sure. Even no, if shit true. flexes or messes up, as long as everybody lives to tell the tale, that's really the objective of this cage. And yeah. so if it can keep the cab a little bit softer mounted, I'm for it. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, nice. Well, that'd be sweet. Um, yeah, that's probably. And hopefully less work for Bray. Yeah. <laughs> Not and having the to go hardest, down to the frame. The hardest part's probably going to be getting the like, I don't know how he plans to do it, but the A pillar down to the whatever the a pillar down cap. through the fender into the floor somehow yeah i'm not exactly sure how he's gonna do that but he's got a plan so i mean if you're if you're truly isolating the cage to the cab he can run like a plate or plates plural to I, the firewall i think it's exactly what he's gonna do plates yeah, on the okay. floor, plates in the firewall yeah that's a good idea then. Yeah. 
Um, just as long as the weld area is high enough to spread the load, if you do roll it, I mean, this is great. We're talking about. I'm sure that the no, it's going to be great. Yeah, Bray's <laughs> going to do a great job. Um, but yeah, like you said, trying to minimize the work for him is the key. Um, so that you can wheel sooner. Yeah, I mean, theory. In theory, if if you wanted to wheel it now, it could go back together. Yeah, or is it pretty torn apart? Uh at this point. It probably could go back together, but he's already completely blown it apart and put it back together for me to go wheeling once. So I'd really prefer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'd really prefer. He just he's he's got it on jack stands. He's got the whole truck sitting perfectly level so that he can like do everything with his levels and like make sure it's yeah, right. Yeah, for like, sure. I'm sure that's a lot of work. And the fact that he did it once to put it back together so I could go wheeling in Iowa was great. But I'd really prefer that this time it just goes back together f- for its final assembly and then I go wheeling. For sure. So in the meantime, the if anybody's going wheeling in the Midwest and wants to take me, I make a great passenger. He does. Mike <laughs> is a great passenger. I love having ride Mike ride shoddy with I'm me. I'm not the best spotter in the world, but I will make you laugh. That's true. <laughs> oh, we've been talking about trailers and stuff for a while. Should we wrap this thing up? We probably should wrap it up. We're going on an hour and a half now and we still need to do a I Patreon. Know. And we were just gonna like wing it. We were supposed—we didn't even say this at the beginning. We were supposed to have a guest. Oh yeah. And he canceled like uh, two hours ago. So like, or well, now two hours before we started. So like, yeah. So we had to on the fly just like make up a, a topic and then talk about it, and we did it. We, kind of. We we hope you enjoyed it at well, least. The guys that are like super hardcore, I've been trailering for eighty five thousand <laughs> miles are gonna be like whatever. But th- I hope whatever that somebody jackasses. <laughs> yeah, right. But I hope that somebody is like, I just bought a trailer and I'm not really sure what to do. I hope that at least some of that was helpful. And if you yeah. still have questions, ask on the trail riders page. There's a lot of guys that we wheel with that are very knowledgeable about trailering, probably even more so than we are. And they'd be more than happy to tell you how to safely get your rig to the trail. You know what? It was actually pretty helpful for me. I mean, I, I've heard you say the like more than one wrap on the ratchet straps thing before. So like that wasn't new to me today, but like I didn't know that either. Um, and so like, and that's true for all ratchet straps, honestly. Yeah, like, for anything, not just trailering. Yeah, not just for strapping a vehicle down. Like if you have like a just cargo in the back of your pickup truck, like if you pull all of the slack out and then start tightening it, then... It might loosen, right? And maybe if it's like, maybe you don't care, right? But like, if you want your ratchet strap to hold shit down, like, leave a wrap on it. You need, on yeah, the, you need one least. full wrap because the strap grips the strap. The strap doesn't really yeah. grip the little metal guy because that's a very smooth metal. It's just going to loosen. Right. Yeah, you need the friction of the strap on strap. It's just like how a winch works, right? Like, yeah. if you go all the way to the end of your winch and try and pull it, it's just going to pull that little, like, thimble right out. But if you have you know 10 wraps or whatever or like even the full even a couple first wrap of the drum yeah or whatever it is yeah i don't know what the minimum is but yeah Either way, you have a strap wraps on, on strap winch action this friction of the winch cable or synthetic rope. uh synthetic rope thank you uh is what actually pulls your vehicle so yeah uh we got some partners starting with Complete off road five six three five eight three five three six three. I got it. I right. think you said it right. I did say it right. Off road anonymous uh, for all your fabrication needs. More flate for your flate needs. <laughs> Inflation or deflation? <laughs> did you say crawler off road? 
I did not. I almost I almost am not sure if we've said crawler off road, even if we've said Cause, it. Because it's so similar to complete. Like they both start with C. Yep. They both, both end off road. Yep. <laughs> crawler off road for your recovery needs. We got a partner for recovery, fabrication, inflation, inflation. deflation. And then if none of that is what you need, complete off road pretty much covers the rest. That's right. And I guess so, we should probably mention Rad Designs. Is is he a partner now? Uh, the last time that Steve did a podcast, he mentioned Rad Designs as a partner. I don't know if it's official, oh. but I'm mentioning hmm. it only because he did. And technically, Steve owns this podcast, so... That's true. Should talk to Steve about that. Well, anyway... Roy makes good parts, products, I think. <laughs> no, he does. I've never had a rad design shifter, but I've heard good things and I've seen them in person. They look very nice. If I didn't love my column shifter so much, I'd probably get one. Yeah, I'd have a hard time placing one. Yeah. Um, but I do like some of the options that he offers too. Oh, I mean, they're uh, definitely a nice product. I'm just not yeah. sure it would work in my particular rig unless it was much, much more custom. Much more buggy E. Possibly E. Maybe someday when I have uh, suspension seats in my truck, I'll get a red design shifter and like make a custom console and some stuff. Why not? Why not? It's only time and money, which I don't have either of right now. Join the <laughs> club. Hey, Derek. Yep. Hey, Mike. Do you have any last words? Damn it. Aha, uh, I got you. Man, put me on the spot. Let's see. Uh, I just like to point out that Derek always hits me with the last words and I never have last words. So but You used to be the last words guy. I was the last words guy, but now it's not just me. You're here too. I know. Um, Man. Do... Uh, <laughs> I'm just all of my last do, words have been said before. Do cool stuff. Do, do things. Less cool stuff. Do cool stuff <laughs> and learn new things. Be it trailering. I went to Europe recently. I had a blast. I like experienced different culture. Got to drink different beers than I normally drink. A lot of them. Uh. So yeah, just do something out of your comfort zone. That's that's my last words. Do something out of your comfort zone. That's grow as a person. Those are good last words. Yeah, don't stay in your like normal day to day. I have something. Not there's anything wrong with that? But uh, yeah, I have something I'm, to say about the word beer, but I'm gonna save it for the Patreon because we we gotta get out of here. Yeah, if you want to hear about more more things about beer and something else, raunchy. Come to the Patreon. It's going to be raunchy, probably. It, maybe. it might not be at all. We might be it, way s- sober and... Nope. No, no. Okay. Yeah, I, I, not I, a I chance, I tried. I tried. <laughs> I'm going to crack open another beer, too, because I feel pretty good, actually. So I wish that it wasn't 1030 here. I'd go crack open another beer. Oh, yeah. We need to move the Patreon. I forgot about the three-hour difference, not two. All right. Ha-ha. Uh, check out our sponsors. I hope you guys listened. Not, I hope you listened to this. I hope you listened. If you're listening to, if me, they're listening to us right listened. now, I think they listened. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was a little bit of a shit show, but most of the podcasts with Mike and I are, so you're used to it by now. And, uh, 
yeah, let us know what your your tips and tricks are for towing in the Trail Riders page, because then everybody can kind of learn from other people's tricks. I'd love and, to learn uh, something new about trailering. I want to like next time I trailer my truck, be like, damn, I never thought of that. That would be awesome. Yeah. And I know that I said my last words and usually we go straight to we'll catch you on the trail after that. So sorry for bringing us back, but we'll catch you on the trail. Damn it. I, did, I screwed it? it up. It's what's, no, it's what good it's motherfuckers. It's what's good. But hey, what's up, motherfuckers? It's fine, too. I'm going to do the... Uh, <laughs> what's good, motherfuckers? <laughs>